On today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. There is no checks and balances system on cosmetics. And so whatever is out there on the shelf is being governed by the company that decided to put it out there. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Swan. I'm an integrative nutritionist with my master's of science in nutrition and integrative health. And this podcast is about all things health and wellness. I try to dive into conversations that I feel like you're not hearing in other places. And my aim and my goal is to help you thrive and feel the best that you can in your body so you can live a long, healthy life and feel good. Today's episode is with Annie Tevlin of Skin Owl. Skin Owl is a non-toxic, vegan, cruelty-free, conscious, plant-based beauty line that was created as a result of her own journey with cystic acne. She really didn't want to go on Accutane, so she went back to school to study cosmetic chemistry in her early 30s, and then she began formulating products that eventually healed her skin. We talk all about her journey with acne. We also talk about what is in conventional beauty products, what you should look for, why you want non-toxic and clean beauty products, and so much more. So you guys know I like to keep these intros short. Let's just dive right into the episode. As always, if you are loving the podcast, if you could rate and review it, it would mean so much to me. Also, please share it with your friends, your family. If you want to share it on Instagram, tag me at Real Foodology. It would mean the world to me and it helps the show so much. I really appreciate your support. Have you ever tried CBD and felt like, okay, this is not really working and there's so much hype around CBD and you feel like, okay, why is this working for everyone else? But for some reason, it's not working for me. Well, the thing about CBD products is that they are not all created equal. Unfortunately, when something gets really trendy, like in the case of CBD, a lot of companies take advantage of that. And there are a lot of companies that are claiming that their products have way more CBD in them than they actually do. This is why I am obsessed with Cured Nutrition. They are an industry leader when it comes to quality control. All their products are produced in certified GMP facilities and third-party tested, and all of their test results are shared with the public on their website. So you can go to their website and you can actually see how much CBD is in every single one of their products. Personally, I'm a huge fan of CBD because it helps me relax. I deal with a lot of stress and anxiety, and it really helps to calm down my nervous system. And it also really helps me sleep. So my favorite products are Zen and the nighttime CBN oil. And they gave me a little code to share with you guys. If you use code RealFoodology, you're going to save 20% at checkout at curednutrition.com. That's C-U-R-E-D-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N. You know, one of my missions with Real Foodology has always been to make eating healthier more convenient and cost-effective. I know eating healthy and getting the right nutrients in can be annoying. It can also be time-consuming and expensive. Organic veggies are pretty expensive sometimes and not always convenient to shop for. So one of the ways that I'm able to support my health is by drinking Organifi every day. I personally like to do their organic green juice and the organic red juice together. I combine them. It's so simple. There's no longer having to shop for vegetables and clean out a juicer every day. You just put a scoop of each in water and mix them together. I love the taste together. They're organic. They're also glyphosate residue free. So you're not getting the carcinogenic herbicide in there. And it's just super convenient. It also, the reds really uh, make them taste better when you put them together. Also, if you subscribe and save, you can get them as low as $1.98 per day per tub. So make sure you go to Organifi.com slash Real Foodology and use code Real Foodology and you're going to save 20%. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. 
Annie. So I'm so excited that we got connected. For those of you guys listening, if you've not checked it out yet, I was actually on Annie's podcast a couple weeks ago, and I loved that conversation so much off the record. Um, So go look it up. And we had such a great conversation that I wanted to bring Annie on to talk all about skincare. I feel like this is like a really big topic right now. People are finally starting to wake up about all the ingredients and everything that's going on in our in our skincare and the reason why we want to start using more green and clean beauty. So before we go into it, can you tell everyone a little bit about your background? Yes. Um, so I, you know, really had no business getting into business. Um, I had no experience with starting a business. I was actually a film major um, and really wanted to be a music video director back when there were snazzy music videos coloring our, our TVs. Um, but I will say that as a result of kind of being on set and working in that world in Los Angeles, I had the honor of shadowing makeup artists. And it was something I was always super into. I was always into makeup as a child. I just didn't think that that was a job that I could have. You know what I mean? That was like for other people. And I was to go to college and have something, um, you know, I think in in a more traditional sense of, of the idea of work. Um, and so I think as a result of, you know, learning how to put on makeup and using makeup, I wound up um, using products, I think, incessantly that the ingredient deck and probably the volume that I was wearing it because I later after the music video world fell apart, I got headhunted by Longcomb and was traveling around with them doing makeup. Hey, this is a, a, a long time ago. There would be like a small or you know assortment of something at Whole Foods, but there wasn't a credo. There wasn't a detox market. There wasn't this kind of you know clean beauty, so to speak, was not having a moment. It was very crunchy and granola and minimalist. Um, and thank God these people you know kickstarted what an uh, what an amazing genre this has become. But I wasn't tuned into it, so I was wearing all the big box stuff, the stuff that you were getting at Sephora back in the day. Um, and stuff in a department store, which was not what the department stores look like now. And it wreaked havoc on my skin. Uh, I thank God I was a makeup artist because I was able to cover it up and be really savvy about it. But it was like, I was like a proactive commercial. I tell people that all the time. It was down my face, my chin, my, I mean, my jawline was a complete disaster. My neck, my back, my chest. I mean, I had acne, I think, anywhere you could have had it. Um, Mm. And I tried a lot of things, and they didn't work. Uh, They would work for like two weeks. I would be super frustrated, broke. um, And I was about to go on Accutane. Um, and I was like, this can't be the way to do it. Um, this at all. I, I, for those of you listening, I missed the boat in high school in acne and on acne. And this, this was something that was happening in my late twenties, early thirties, which I didn't also think was possible, but it most certainly is. Um, and so I went back to school and UCLA had a cosmetic chemistry program and I went through the program twice <laughs> cause I was never really all that good at science. I was like, I really got to understand what I'm talking about here. Um, and I learned how to formulate products. Um, and I really got the bare bones of it. And I had an amazing teacher who was like the godmother of the green beauty shift. Um, and I just started making things and started putting them on my skin. And before long, uh, I got rid of my acne in about 30 days. Um, it was crazy. 32 days to be exact. It took me 32 days to use this one product that now is called the geranium drops. Um, it has not changed the formulation, the ingredient deck, nothing has changed about it since its first, uh, since its inception. And, um, and I shared it with a Facebook group that I had at the time that was called skin owl and skin owl was, um, like my alter ego. I was like a messenger of wisdom in a very confusing industry. 
Uh, and people were like, holy shit, like, I can't believe what this product has done to your skin. Can I get it for my daughter? Can I get it for myself? And that's when I was, I told my best friend, I was like, um, you're a graphic artist. We need to make a logo and like a landing page. And I need to put a label on this weird brown bottle that I'm apparently putting this in. And that was the beginning of Skin Owl like nine years ago. Wow. That's amazing. I also love that you brought up, um, back in the day when, when clean beauty was, um, just starting to get on the market. I remember, um, I was on it super early, but I was shopping at Whole Foods to get all my skincare. And I remember, yeah, it was all this like crunchy, like not fun packaging at all. And I'm very much about aesthetics. I want beautiful products that I'm like happy to have on my bathroom counter. And I remember, yeah, like all the stuff I was buying at Whole Foods or like the co-op, were just yes. like not pretty. And to be honest, I felt like a lot of them weren't really that effective. In the last Absolutely. 10 years, clean beauty has really come a long way. Um, and you mentioned something about your acne, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are very curious. How did you how did you get rid of it? Was it just this one product or was there a bunch of different stuff that you did? Yeah. I, I think, you know, to many people listening, it's something that kind of hits you like a Mack truck. I thought I was doing all the right things. And I was living in a city like Los Angeles that had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of access to the facialists and the, you know, the estheticians and the, um, the food, you know, and, and I was kind of hip on, um, what exacerbated acne. So whether that was caffeine or excess sugar or excess dairy, like I was tuned into that. I was tuned into the gut health conversation at an earlier age because of my education, um, and, and I did it all. I literally did it all. And I want people to know who are listening that like I did it all and it was still persistent. Um, and it was something I think that I, uh, really throw back to the removal of birth control in my life. I, I had a tiny bit of it when I went on and then I had boatloads of it when I came off. Um, I also toggled between different birth controls, didn't take my pills sometimes, forgot my pack when I was traveling. I mean, it was like, God, good Lord. When I think about what birth control did to my hormone cascade. I'm so happy to be off of it. Um, and I understand the, you know, the purpose for it, but it really, um, you know, you replace one hormone cascade, your natural hormone cascade with a new hormone cascade. For those of you listening, it's not like a, a doctor traditionally gives you a blood test before you go on a birth control to show where your estrogen and your progesterone and your testosterone levels are. They pretty much just give you whatever's hot and whatever the pharmaceutical sales rep came in touting. So back in that day, it was like Biaz, Yasmin. Um, we were kind of coming off of the orthotricycline and low estrin like type of drugs. And we were going into these really unique forms of estrogen, uh, forms of birth control. And it's always boggled my mind. It didn't then. I was like, this is a doctor. This is my gyno. It's all good. But it, since then, whenever I talk to women about acne, the most important thing I can ask them to do is not to take one blood test, but it's to take four. And then you take it once a week, every single, you know, the same day, every single week, once you start bleeding, um, if you have, if you have your period and, and, and then you're able to see the full picture of a hormone cascade, because otherwise you're just taking one blood test and a doctor could say, Oh, you're, you know, your progesterone's a little high. And it's like, it should be right before you start bleeding, you know, unless you're pregnant. So it's like, in order to to see if hormones are playing a part in your acne, you take four blood tests and you go to Quest and you do it and then you present it to someone that you trust who can really read it. And I didn't know that then. And so I was just in a sea of confusion. Um, and so when I made this product, you know, I, I was, I pulled back on my, on my makeup 
I pulled back on the foundation, the bronzer, the blush, and the concealer. And I pulled back from all of that and just tried to wear like a Whole Foods tinted moisturizer. I stayed indoors more than I probably would have uh, in another time in life without acne because I felt a lot of shame. Um, and I used the geranium drops and drank a shit ton of water with lemon in it. And then the acne started going away from the geranium drops. And I can't say it any other way. Like it just started mitigating it before my eyes. I was like, what is happening here? And so then I learned about bamboo activated charcoal and I was like, I'm going to go and get a charcoal bar from this brand called Erno Laszlo. And so I went to go get the charcoal bar and then my skin started getting even better. And then I formulated my own charcoal <laughs> charcoal bar and I started using that. Um, and I, I introduced that like way before I brought it to market. But I remember just using the charcoal and the geranium and anti-inflammatory and something to kind and a decongestant and something to kind of pull that dirt and grime and sebum out. Um, and the 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 you know, the collateral beauty of those two products together to think that less could be more was so insane to me at the time because of how some of these typical um, skincare lines, especially in the early 2000s, were touting like four serums in the morning, four serums at night. This is your morning cream. This is your night cream. And I was like, but I'm just using these two products and they're kicking ass. And like, and that was that. So I, that was that. And, and honestly, in about 30, 40 days, my skin started to change drastically. Um, and then I did, I remember I went to Kate Somerville um, which had like a, a facial house in LA. I'm not sure if she still has this, I but I did some yeah. blue light therapy. She does. Yeah. It was like red sense. and blue light therapy. And that, that was it. That started to help with the scarring. Um, and the further I got away from birth control and the more I started using products, specifically pure plant oils that have a smaller molecule that can go to places in the skin that creams can't because they are usually made with lipids. Uh, my skin started to change and it was, um, it was wild. Wow. I'll never forget it. That's amazing. I mean, acne is one of those things that when you have it, it is literally hell. It's pervasive. You feel so helpless. Um, you feel like everything that you try isn't working. I had a similar story as you in the sense that um, I had never had acne until I, I started getting it when I was like 23. Like I never had it in high school. And then all of a sudden I started getting it and I was like, wait, what? Like I thought I missed, you know, I thought I missed the boat here. Yes. And I can now look back, hindsight is always 2020, that for me it was birth control because it was right around when I started on the Nuva Ring, which only lasted a month because it mm. made me such a different person. I remember my boyfriend at the time was like, get this thing out of you. I don't know who you are. You are a monster right now. And like anyone listening who's like, that's horrible. No, it was the most loving thing he could have done for me because I couldn't even like witness myself because I was in such a weird place at the time. Um, and so then took that out also at the same time, went vegetarian and then I was vegetarian for five years and that just completely oh. exacerbated it. And I had horrible, I mean, I had cystic, like it was like the second, like a, the day that one would go down, Ugh. another one would pop up that day. And it was just like, Oh, like, how do yes. I get rid of this? Um, and for me personally, um, going off the birth control didn't help because I didn't go on anything after yep. that. It was the vegetarian diet that really exacerbated it. It wasn't until I started eating meat again. And then for me, I added in um, glutathione and calcium deglucurate, which both help push excess estrogen out of the body. And they also help the detoxification pathways and help protect and cleanse your liver. And that's another thing too, for people, people listening, I would look into, um, protecting your liver and taking certain things that yes. can help promote those detoxification pathways. Cause oftentimes acne can also be because of a sluggish liver, 
But I think the birth control thing, I really wanted to point that out, I think is a really important component of this. And actually, um, I have the women of um, the documentary, The Business of Birth Control coming on soon, and I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. So we won't spend too much time talking about that. I will be listening about, I will be listening to that because that is, you know, it's such a subjective conversation. I think that's what it comes down to with acne is like, it's not all gonna, you can't give one person the same probiotic. You can't give one person the same anything. It's, it's, these are our bodies and there's a genetic code and there's a disposition and there's variations and there's allergies and intolerances. And, and so I think it's just good to exalt, to say it, to write, to make it social and to say it out loud so that people at least know that there's more options. And I, and I wish I had known, I mean, I guess, you know, it's just the world hadn't evolved to where it was now. So there was only so much information and there was only so many things that I thought to think of at that time. Um, and now it's, you know, I'm so happy that the acne conversation is a loud one because people now get to look into other modalities that I, and you never knew about. Yeah. Well, and I think the hormonal component is such a big part of it. Like, cause that, that was what started me on my journey of finally starting to heal my hormones was someone told me, um, to go get a hormonal blood test. And I also found out my progesterone was really low. And this is to your point, why it's so important for people to look into this because, um, so my progesterone was low, but someone else could be having acne because their estrogen is too high or, you know, their hormones are imbalanced in a different way. So it's really important for people to understand that they need to go and figure out exactly what's going on in their body because it may be very different from what someone else is going through that has acne. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these food intolerance tests, take them, you know, like try and troubleshoot, you know, get yourself off of dairy, not for two days, not for 72 hours, but for a couple of months, what happens? What happens when you really journal what you're eating and be honest with yourself? Because it's one thing to be like, yeah, I mostly eat like, you know, some whole wheat bread with good sandwiches and maybe some salads. But like when you really get into the snacking and you really be honest with yourself about what also happens sometimes, sometimes, right? After 7 p.m. or what happens, you know, when you hit the bar scene or you go to a party, it's like all that stuff needs to be taken into consideration. And you're not, you don't need to shame yourself for it. We just need to be accurate. And so once we have an accurate look at what's going on with what you're ingesting and what is, is presenting itself, then we can start to get ahead of it. And that's why I love, I mean, we do all of these consults now at Skin Owl. It's like, uh, I'm going to ask you a shit ton of questions about your life and you, there's no shame here. You're just going to answer. You're just going to say yes or no, or maybe so. And we're just going to like, really give ourselves a a platform finally for the truth of what this all looks like. Um, And then that way we can take an accurate, you know, an accurate journey. Like we know where to go once we have all the correct information. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. So let's talk about skincare. Let's talk about beauty uh, or green beauty. Why? So what is the deal with all this? Like, I feel like for a lot of people that are just diving into this, a lot of people have this mentality of if it's on the shelf, there's no way that it couldn't be unsafe for us. Like, there's no way that they would let allow this stuff on the shelf. So can we dive into that? What is yes. going on with our conventional I love beauty? it. Oh, okay. So, you know, I think there's so many terms going around. There's clean beauty, green beauty, then planet kind of conscious beauty is blue beauty. Then there's indie beauty. I mean, I, it's just, I think we can all agree that there's this like new kind of class of beauty that is popping up that is uh, taking a vested interest in sustainable packaging um, while also taking a vested interest in kind of sustainable ingredient sourcing. You know, I think you can have a green beauty brand, but it can be using honey 
and it could not be the most sustainable brand. I'll use Skin Owl as an example. We, and I'll get back to your original question, but just to kind of paint this overarching picture, um, not everything natural is good and not everything synthetic is bad. And from a chemistry approach and an earth earthly approach, I think it's important to say that, you know, there's, um, we have a product that's called our, our glosses and these are kind of highlighting oils that have a shimmery component to it. So if you don't want to wear just like a normal face oil and you want a little vibe, you can put on the rose quartz gloss. Well, what is in that product is a synthetic mica. So I have chosen not to source natural mica, which is mined primarily in India because of the child labor um, uh, background to that. It's a, it's a harrowing, shitty thing that is happening in these mines with people, specifically young people. So we go to a lab and we make it synthetic. Now, does that, is it, you know, is it always a bad thing if it's synthetic? Absolutely not. Because in this case, especially going back to an acne client, a synthetic mica is going to be brighter it's going to be spherical instead of jagged edged. So people who have acne from using like the shimmery bronzers and the shimmery highlighters that normally it creates these kind of micro tears in the skin presenting as inflammation or acne, spherical mica is going to be better for you because it's just going to roll onto the skin. Um, right. And then you don't have to worry about the contraindications of what, it, of what it's doing to humans out there in parts of the world that you'll never see. So there's some, there's just a lot of layers to this world. Um, and that's just one of them. But I think it's important to note that the FDA is really tied up in the food and drug administration. <laughs> that is why it is called that. Cosmetics are not drugs. Cosmetics are cosmetics. They sit on a shelf. They never need FDA approval. Um, the things that would be considered drugs that sometimes fall under the cosmetic world are like sunscreens. Right, I'm not allowed to put out a sunscreen and say that it has any sun protection. I'm not even allowed to use that language unless it has been approved by the FDA. I'm not allowed to have the pro the name acne on any of my products because if it is actually going up against you know p acne bacteria and what we know uh, you know medically as acne, it has to be a drug, which is why Accutane, Tetracycline, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, Tretinoin, Spirolactane, all of these types of products are considered drugs. They need FDA approval. I can say breakout. I can say dark marks. I can say uh, some, you know, times you can say hyperpigmentation, but like when it comes to classifying cosmetics as drugs, that that's like a big no-no. I think like, and nobody adheres to this because this is one of the biggest words in the beauty industry, but like the word nourishing, for example, from a chemistry point of view, nourishing is to bring water into the skin. That's absolutely impossible. You can't deliver water into the skin unless you're using a syringe. So, I mean, steam can create like a surface, uh, like a facial steam can create like the, the you know, visibly uh, look like water has entered the skin, but it is in such a nanoparticle type of way that you just can't make these types of claims. So like a nourishing eye cream is complete bullshit, but it's, it is the marketing behind it. So this industry is, um, is a tricky one. Because there's so much false advertising and there's so much greenwashing. Um, you put a flower on the outside of a product. And I think we talked about this a little bit when you came on off the record. But like, um, who's a good example of this? Let's just call them by their name. Like Garnier is a really good example of this. They had like an argan oil shampoo. And there was a little flower on the outside and like a weird picture of an argan nut. And you look on the back of it 
and there's argan oil in it, but it's the last ingredient in the ingredient deck, which usually means that it's less than 1%. So it's not going to be inactive in the way that Skin Owl and, you know, Josie Marin and some of these other brands have used argan oil as an active over 50%, over 75%. And, but nonetheless, Garnier is allowed to say our argan nourishing shampoo. And it's just like, it drives me up the wall. I'm sure you'd see this with the food industry. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, we don't need to say that that was gluten-free. Like, we get it, but you're just putting that on the packaging because it's going to lure people in. Um, it's it is, it's crazy. It is so crazy as a formulator, but I think that's why I've always kept it really simple with Skin Owl. Like, we're, we're not going to over-promise, but we are absolutely going to over-deliver. Um, and, and, and it's just simply supportive skincare. That's what skin owl is. It meets you exactly where you are and it doesn't, it, I really try hard not to fluff it up to, um, to the degree that the beauty industry is known for. Yeah. Well, that's important because I I think people are getting to a point where they're exhausted by all of this marketing and all the fluff and the greenwashing. Cause like you said, I mean, um, we are being sold products that are not what they say that they are. And that is what my biggest problem is with the beauty and skincare um, industry is that we're being sold these products. Like th- something that really bothers me that I don't think people are fully awake or aware to yet. So there are these beauty products that are insanely expensive. Like think about all the like the designers that are coming out with stuff like Dior. Like people love Chanel makeup and stuff. And they assume, because that is a really high price tag on there, that this is a really high quality, amazing, great product. It is garbage in there. They use uh, industrial toxic oils, um, things that should not ever belong in our body, which by the way, that's a really great um, thing for people to remember is that whatever you put on your skin is going to end up in your bloodstream. So you're basically eating it, like your skin is eating it. And so if you're putting all these toxic ingredients on your skin and on your body, you're, it's like you're eating them. And yeah. it, I mean, think about people, it, it, it totally does. It's, 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 it is like insane building. It is the building blocks for it on a professional level and on a personal level. And you see, you know, people get estrogen creams and they put them on their forearm and then that's supposed to enter the bloodstream and, and kind of, you know, modify your hormones, just a hormone cascade. It's the same thing with body lotion. It's the exact same thing. And there's no checks and balances. And so this is why Instagram and TikTok and whatever has been like the best of things and the worst of things, because if there's no checks and balances and there's companies out there that don't have the, if I may, the integrity of Skin Owl, um, then you're able to say the argan oil, argan nut thing on a package and, and people will buy it because they don't know what we're talking about. The average consumer doesn't know this information. They've never been taught this information. So think about that. I mean, let that sit for one second, that there is no checks and balances system on cosmetics. And so whatever is out there on the shelf is being governed by the company that decided to put it out there. And that company, if it is, you know, not all big box brands are bad, but if you think about some of these massive conglomerates that absorb these really special small companies, and then, you know, am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Oh yeah. Let it fly. (laughs) I'm like, and then fuck around with the ingredient deck. This is why five years down the line of you loving your favorite lipstick by X brand, you're like, wait a minute, this just all of a sudden isn't the same. It's because of what you just said. Like everything kind of loses its integrity and it is, um, it's a massive shame, but I think there's enough good 
there's enough good out there that we can find it at all um, uh, prices too, at all um, kind of entry points in terms of shopping. Target has really great brands now. Um, you can find it. You don't have to be in like a big city like in LA or San Francisco to have access to these clean beauty stores. You can, you're starting to see it in Sephora. You know, you're also starting to see celebrities get more invested in this conversation too, which is scary because, um, you know, Skin Owl uses argan oil. It's one thing, but like if somebody, if a massive brand starts using coconut oil, then we're going to have what we have now, which is kind of an extinction of coconuts in Nigeria. So it's like, it's, yeah. it is such a, um, it's such a layered, there's so much complexity with this industry and in terms of formulation that you just try and do the best that you can and present the best product that you think are going to yield people the best results so that I feel good about the, the ingredients that I'm sourcing. It would be another thing if I was like creating a line that didn't do anything for anybody and then these ingredients were kind of used in vain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you also brought up another great point about, um, you know, those the estrogen creams and then you're kind of doing the same thing when you put lotion on. I think this is another really important component of this conversation is that we are seeing skyrocketing numbers of infertility. And then you look at, on average, women put up to, I believe the number is 160 different chemicals in their body every single day. Because think about it, women are using way more beauty products and skincare products and everything than men are. It's in your lotions, it's in your body wash, it's in your makeup, it's in your skincare routine, it's in your sunscreen. We are getting hit so hard with so many different chemicals. And then now we see the rising numbers of people on IVF and dealing with infertility. And there's absolutely a connection. Um, And this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I think it's so important that people wake up to what we are putting on our skin. And I'm so grateful for people like you that are providing us better alternatives that are not going to mess with our hormones. You think about it too with babies. It's like the babies get all the really healthy stuff, but then as we get older, what about protecting the adult? Yeah. You know, like all the stuff was like, you can't put that in a baby. You can't put that in a baby. It's like, well, most of those things that you're talking about, you also really shouldn't be putting on an adult. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just going to build up over time. You can apply that across the board. Although I will say, we say that about babies. And then you look at Johnson and Johnson who have been in litigation because of their, the no more tears. And, um, there was the talc in their baby powder that is directly connected to, I believe it was ovarian cancer and they knew it. They knew that they were doing this and they did it anyways. It's, it is, um, this is what, you know, goes back to that original point of, without a checks and balances, you know, talcum powder is not a drug. It is a, it is a cosmetic. It is a, a consumer good. And so you've really got to do your research. And that's why storytelling, <clears throat> you know, businesses and websites and kind of online, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like online shopping sites. It's so important for, I think now more than ever for people to be really telling the stories of the founders because when you know the origin of the brand, then you know that it can be trusted. And as these, even these clean beauty sites that are now growing and they're bringing all the cool thing in, the storytelling starting to go down. It's like, ooh, that scares me a bit. That scares me a bit. You know, what was started as small is now starting to get big and it's almost turning a little too big box uh, for, I think, a lot of founders' comfort. And now the storytelling is starting to go down and it's like, 
it's popular and it's cool and it's celebrity backed. And we're kind of going back to the early 2000s where it feels like Us Magazine again, where if this person's making it, then it must be good. And um, I really hope that those brands don't get too big and then it it, it messes with the um, kind of the the Integrity. quilt that has been, yeah, that has, you know, this this industry I think started from. Well, I mean, you bring up a great point. So I was just Googling right now because I couldn't remember the name of it. But um, Kris Jenner just came out with a quote-unquote, and I'm saying quote-unquote on purpose, um, clean beauty line. And then I went and looked at the ingredients. They have fragrance in them. So, and this is something you brought up earlier, but for people that don't know what this term means, this is what we call greenwashing, where essentially a brand um, paints this picture that they are clean and healthy and really good for the environment, et cetera. And then you go and you look at the packaging on the back or you look at the ingredients on the back and you actually see that they're, I mean, they're lying to you essentially. And this is exactly what it's she's doing. Yep, exactly. It's infuriating. Company. I think like self-care can, and I've written blogs about this. I've talked about this on the podcast, but like, I think there are so many opportunities for self for self care to be self care, and then there's opportunities for it to be self scare. And so, I'm not a huge proponent of being like we must never be around X ingredient because it can, you know, turn into this. It has to be really strong evidence to suggest that this ingredient would turn into something else in your bloodstream. And I think this has kind of gotten a little crazy especially if we're talking about ingredients that are less than 1%. Um, you know, uh, it wasn't ethyl hexoglycerin. It was, um, oh my God, hello. I, it'll, it'll come back to me. There was one ingredient that was like, um, you know, kind of the pariah of the beauty industry and it wasn't a paraben. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm blocking on it. I'll figure it out. Um, when it comes and it to was like, oh. yeah, I totally will. But it was like, you know, Oh God, like fear this product. And it's like, no, it's actually okay if it's used in less than 1%. And primarily it is used in less than 1%. So like, I'll, I'll look at an ingredient deck and I'll tell you what it is. I won't leave the audience hanging, <laughs> but you know, there's things like parabens and methyl parabens, propyl parabens, dimethicone. These are the things that you primarily don't really need. These are um, the first lot that I announced was uh, your preservatives. The dimethicone is usually what gives like a makeup primer. It's slip. You normally see this in the max, the NARS, this is like a very popular ingredient, but you also see it in brands that are touting green. Everybody has their list and their line of what you don't, what they don't want to cross, right? Like you can't just be like, you can't freak yourself out too much by saying all of my house ingredients, all of my nail ingredients, all of my hair ingredients, my makeup, my skincare, my baby ingredients, my dog food. I mean, this is, it's a luxury to be able to make those choices because they are predominantly more expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, but you pick your habitual places, you know, like I don't wear deodorant. So it's not something I have to worry about. Once you stop wearing deodorant, in many cases, your pH balance, you you get kind of pH balanced on your own. Um, makeup and, and skincare are going to be my heavy hitters, but hair care, I don't really do much. I air dry it. I'll throw in maybe a little bit of dry shampoo, but it's not the area that I need to be super crazy about. So it's like you pick and choose like where your habits show up. But in terms of like, looking at the ingredients and making sure that it's integrity uh, driven fragrance is like the number one ingredient that I tell people to be aware of because it's a trade secret. You never have to share what's in it. It's fragrance or it's perfume. If you have a French, you know, a product that's sold overseas, it has to be written also in French on the packaging um, or specifically Canada. And um, it is, 
insane what could be in there. It could be horse urine and you mm. wouldn't know. It could be a blend of uh, propyl parabens and dimethicones and, and manure. You literally would not know. And that is why fragrance is so scary. And that is what is so infuriating about Kris Jenner's line because she doesn't have the expertise nor should she to understand how to read an ingredient deck. And she's hiring companies that are greenwashing their private labeling and selling it to people. And so now she's out there saying it's green, it's clean. And she's going to get eaten alive by people who have this understanding. Well, exactly. And unfortunately she's going to dupe a lot of people into thinking that they're making a better, cleaner choice. And they're still being exposed to these uh, fragrances that are known endocrine disruptors. And what did we start out this conversation about? hormones. Endocrine disruptors are going to imbalance your hormones, lead to acne, infertility, sometimes cancer, thyroid issues. I mean, these are real concerns and we're just being hit by them left and right. She's on estrogen. She's on estrogen. You know what I mean? She has episodes of keeping up where she is putting estrogen on her body. So it's like the, Mm. I mean, a lot of women put estrogen on to promote youth, like uh, as you drop an estrogen, that's kind of the thing that keeps your skin nice and dewy and plump and, and, um, moisturized and the look of that. And so a lot of celebrities, as they age, they start bringing in bioidenticals or they start bringing in hormone replacement therapy to kind of assist with the help of estrogen because it helps the skin and your, yourself look younger. It's just, it's such a, it's such a like conundrum. (laughs) Because, you know, you take the the estrogen and then you wind up creating a product that can fuck with people's estrogen. And it's, um, yeah, I think we should send out a mission statement so that she's aware of what she's selling. I have a little focus and productivity hack. Are you guys ready for it? It's really simple and it takes about two seconds to take back. Not only does it help with my focus and productivity, but it also helps with my stress which is almost unheard of, especially if you are a caffeine drinker like myself and then end up in a jittery panic attack after drinking too much of it. Okay, my hack is called Magic Mind. And all it is is a little matcha shot that also has adaptogens and nootropics in it that are scientifically backed to help with cognitive function and focus. The matcha also gives you a little bit of caffeine. It has L-theanine in there, which helps to reduce stress and anxiety. The adaptogenic mushrooms help to turn on your brain so you're more focused and your neurons are firing. And there's other things in there like choline, which help oxygenate the brain. I refer to this little bottle as my natural Adderall, and I truly could not get through my day without it. They have given me a code to share with you guys for 20% off if you go to magicmind.co and use code realfoodology, you're going to save 20%. I hope you guys love it. Well, okay. So (laughs) now that we've gone into that, let's give people a little bit of like a um, how to apply this in their life. So what kind of things should people be avoiding in their beauty products? Yeah, I think, um, listen, some of this is going to be personal allergies and personal intolerances. Like if you keep seeing that X is a, you know, what's a good example? Like, um, I mean, I'll use argan oil, like, Ooh, argan oil. That's amazing. Like I've heard such amazing things about it because of its oleic and, and, um, kind of fatty acid complex. Like that sounds like it would be good for me and it's not working for you. 
and you are showing signs of inflammation, like don't push it. And I think the internet does a wonderful job of coconut oil was a perfect example of that. Coconut oil, it was everywhere. It was on your face. It was in your hair. It was in your stomach. We were doing like, you know, <laughs> toothbrushing with it. It was at fucking everywhere. And so now there's like hardly any coconuts, um, high integrity coconuts. And, and also on top of it, none of the literature ever suggested that it, it was a highly comedogenic product. And when I say comedogenic, that means it cannot penetrate the pores. It sits on the surface, kind of like a neosporin, kind of like a jojoba. Jojoba and coconut oils are not oils. They're not like an argan or a tamanu or um, a marula. They don't have the same fatty acid complex. They don't have the same penetration. They are great with, with, as a barrier. They are waxes. They sit on top of the skin and they protect you from a cut or a bruise. Or they're great for kind of like the oral pulling and some that type of thing. They're great on the ends of the hair to kind of create a barrier towards further dryness if you live in the high desert. It is not to be used on the face if you have acne. <laughs> this is why I do not formulate with coconut oil. Because it is a cheap ingredient. It is a filler. It is the hydrogenated oil. It is the equivalent. It is oh, the wow. unbleached flower of the skincare world. Um, and not to say that it, it doesn't serve a purpose in some ways. It's just we just don't want to put it on the face if we have acne and, and bouts of inflammation for a long period of time. Um, and so I look at that and I'm like, oh, God, you know what I mean? This is these are these kind of nuanced conversations that are not happening on the Internet. Everybody's just obsessed with coconut oil. Um you know, so I think that there's kind of like a, a little bit of like a, a, a dirty list and, I, and it depends on who you ask. That list can be a little longer than others. But for me, it's if you see fragrance, which is usually going to be one of the first ingredients on the deck, um, opt for something else. Opt for something that says natural fragrance, I think you can now say, or essential oil based. Oil. You know, natural is also a, a weird greenwashing word because like petroleum is natural too. So it's, you know, natural doesn't mean it is nature derived. It just means it's in its, and you ask someone to define, how would you define natural? It's like really funny where people go with it. It's like, um, <laughs> but I think wow, it's just really like, it's, yeah, exactly. It's like not always nature based. It is, um, you know, of its, of its original origin of, of origin. And so like, Petroleum, which is gas, can be one of those things. And so if you think about mineral oil and you think about, um, um, you know, the PEGs, so anything that you see on an ingredient deck that says PEG dash, uh, usually a number, those are your propylene glycols. Those are all of the gas and petroleum-based products that you probably don't want on your skin. So That's what they spray on planes to de-ice them, just so you guys know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You don't want propylene that glycol. anywhere near your skin. No, it's what is probably in your like high school cafe, like high school janitors. It's in there somewhere in those ingredients to clean, especially during COVID, like bacteria. And it's a really good, um, you know, it's it's gas. It it's really good at breaking down uh, full systems of ingredients. Um, we don't want that in our face, right? So for me, it's going to be fragrance, the PEGs, your propylene glycol. Um, the, if you're looking at a, at a product overseas or you're in Canada, it's going to say parfum, P-A-R-F-U-M. Um, that also means fragrance. Um, dimethicone, I'm probably not going to go near. Uh, that's usually going to be in your makeup primers, your kind of slippery moisturizers. Um, all of your, all of your primers usually in, in the big box world are going to say dimethicone. 
Um, yeah, I think some of the colorants, like the reds and the yellows, like stuff that is making the product look like it was derived from a rose, uh, even though we add that red colorant in there to give it the look of a red rose petal. Um, and you can say the same. You talked about that on, on my podcast with food. Um, you know, but some of the other stuff, it's just, you really got to maybe just email the company and say, hey, I see in the deck you have, um, you know, uh, anything. And I, I could think of a million ingredients, but like anything of this. Well, can you tell me what percentage of that is? And they should be able to tell you. And you're not the first one probably to email these companies and ask it. It is like a very savvy thing that is happening now. Um, but I promise you, if you email some of the bigger conglomerates, nobody's going to get back to you because it's, yeah. it's not an answer that you're going to want to hear. Well, and I will say this, um, when it comes to the percentage in the product, I think a lot of people like to say, um, the dose makes the poison. And while this is true, people are not taking into account the massive amount of these kind of product or these chemicals that we are being exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis. Like I just said earlier, it's in your lotions, it's in your body wash, it's in your, you know, skincare routine, it's in your sunscreen. So while you may be looking at this product and going, oh, but it's less than 1% in this one product, are you taking into account that it's also in X, Y, and Z other products that you're using. And then all of a sudden you are at the point where it is kind of the dose is becoming the poison. Yes. And yes. that's part of the problem. I could, you, you like, that was so beautifully articulated on when you came on my podcast about the accumulation of this, right? Like whether it's sugar or whether it's sun, you know, canola oil or sunflower, it's like, whatever that is, it's like, that's not your first presentation today. And then if you think about that over the course of weeks and you think about it in things that you're eating out, that you'll never really see the full ingredient deck, um, the accumulation of these things, it is not to fear the fact that if for some reason you're in a pinch and you need to use a product once at your friend's house with fragrance in it, that you're going to die of a lonely cancerous death. <laughs> it is the accumulation of these things. Exactly. And I really got to be clear about that. If, well, I, I just can't use that. It was on her, my friend had it, but I really, so I like went without doing my hair because it had this in it. And it's like, does that show up in your, in your vanity on your medicine cat in your medicine cabinet? No. Okay. Do it. Yeah. Relax. Because here's the thing, when your cortisol goes up and you start spiking insulin and you start <laughs> stressing out and fearing these products, you're doing damage to yourself as well on a mental health level. So like, let's all take a deep Kundalini breath and just like, remember that it's the accumulation of these things, not the onset of it use of it being used minimally. And exactly. that it is, it has to be said. Yeah. And so that's why it is important in your day-to-day -day life to clean up these products. But if you're exposed to them every once in a while, are you going to die? Like you said, no, you'll be fine. But it is really important yes. to start making out, making those swaps. So what, um, I'm trying to think of how to, to formulate this question, but basically if someone's listening and they're very, very new to this and they're feeling super overwhelmed, where can they kind of start to start cleaning up their skincare that. and their beauty products? 
I love that question um, because I think sometimes when you have this conversation, people then take like a scan around their whole house and they're like, I'm throwing it all away. Like I'm lighting the fire. And it's <laughs> like, we, you know what I mean? We don't need to do that. We don't need to do it. We absolutely don't need to do it. There's so much time and the process of swapping can be fun and can spark joy. Um, and so, and it's also like, it puts a dent in your wallet. So like, let's not put, start putting things on a credit card just at this for the sake of like the fear of all of this. We're going to pick five things, okay, that we habitually use. And so for someone that might be, okay, every single day I wear deodorant, every single day I wear tinted moisturizer, every single day I use a dry shampoo, um, and, or maybe like you wash, you know, you shower every single day. I don't know what your lifestyle suggests, but like maybe you shower and wash your hair every single day and you use a conditioner every single day and you use a body wash every single day. Like I want you to kind of scan your life. If you are listening to this and think about just on a cause on a skincare, makeup, hair and nail, uh, survey, what you use, uh, daily. And like maybe multiple times, um, are you touching up that lipstick throughout the day? Or are you just putting it on once in the morning? Are you using a chapstick? So what I would do is I would, I would kind of pick five and over the course of the next like two to three months, I would start swapping those out. Um, if you have the funds and the fervor to swap it out all in one month, do it. But I want you to just pick scan five. And you know what? Maybe maybe all of that stuff is pretty clean, but then you've been waiting to touch up things with your house um, cleaning agents or your dog food or, um, you know, um, you know, nail care, which gets, I, I think, uh, with like the cooler nail stuff, like if we're talking about acrylics and tips and um luminary and some of this kind of stuff, like you're probably not going to get away from it. But if we're just talking about like plain nail polish that you can take off, um, then there's like the 11 free, 12 free. I think they're up to like 15 free nail polishes. Um, Dazzle which are gonna Dry have... is great too. Oh, what is it called? It's called Dazzle Dry. It's basically like a really clean uh, gel and it really works. It stays on for like two weeks awesome. and it's non-toxic. Okay. It's great. Perfect. So that yeah. is a perfect, perfect option. Um, but I would just look at it and then, you know, some of these sites I think are a little, um, like everybody likes pointing to the environmental working group, which is otherwise known as the, um, the EWG, uh, that is, um, I prefer it when we're looking at solo ingredients, like when we're looking at the toxicity of dimethicone, then we can go to, um, the skin deep section of that site and see like if it's a zero through 10 and what the level of toxicity is when we're talking about products, it gets a, it's a, it gets a little shady. Um, there's not yeah. that they're like paid off, but they get, and I don't want to like slander this company, but there there's, there's some stuff there that isn't always like, you know what I mean? It doesn't show all the, all the products that you want. And it's not always the, um, I think the truest form in terms of feedback. So um, you can always go to the Think Dirty app is always a good one. Um, you can also shop from sites that have kind of guiding principles in place. So, um, you know, Credo Beauty is going to be up there. Detox Market's going to be up there. A Faux Lane is going to be up there. Um, but you can search and then look on these websites and say, like, what are the guiding principles or like, what are the, what's the no list? And so then you can compare some of the ingredients that haven't worked for you. 
Um, and then you know just by shopping at this company that these products are not going to contain any of these things. And it takes away all of the work. You don't have to do any of the work. You don't have to research it. There are companies out there that have already done that for you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I would just start small, baby steps. Like really and truly slow and steady wins the race because then it becomes this fun journey as opposed to this like overnight shame cycle that um, doesn't do anything good for us in the end. Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. It's um, really great advice because I, I, whenever I have these conversations, I always like to remind people that um, just because you're using those products now, don't freak out. You're going to be okay. The body is super resilient. We have a liver and kidneys and all the, you know, the lymphatic system in order to detoxify all this stuff, but it is important to get it out of your body now. So yeah. um, I would start taking steps and there's, you know, like we've been saying this whole episode, there's amazing companies doing really amazing stuff, providing really great products that actually work. I mean, I compare all the makeup that I have now to what the stuff that I was buying at Whole Foods 10 years ago. And I'm like, thank God companies figured this out because 10 years ago I was like, Ooh, this is not, the makeup was not, (laughs) was not great. But now, I mean, the brands like Ilya and Kosas and I, I mean, I like them better. Then yep. you know the Dior's and the Chanel's and all the other. It stuff feels are so using. good. Yeah. It smells so good. There's a lightness to it when you put it on. They, you know, there's a you know, like to your point, back in the day, like you could go. I'm trying to think of like the earlier brands. Like Zuzu was a very early brand in Whole Foods. Fusion. Mineral Fusion. I mean, like Bare Essentials, which was like you know not not. It was it was getting closer to where we needed to be, but it wasn't in in full. Um, and and you'd go and like the lipstick was maybe like a little dry but like it was kind of cool and it was something that nobody else had and so like I touted it around or like a couple of lip liners or like the shimmery eyeshadows um and and now it's like if someone's like I don't want to switch to that because like I like my high pigment makeup or I like my um long wear or I like how long it lasts like I don't wear it often so I want it to sit on a shelf for a while that's all happening now. You can get high performance, long wear makeup and, and, you know, and, you know, I don't know if I would encourage anybody to have a lipstick at the length of time that the preservative system of some of these big box brands can last. But if you go through a lipstick in less than a year, then the, that clean beauty world, it's all, it's all, you're, you're good. You are totally good. It has totally changed to Courtney's point. And, um, and it's fun. It's like really fun to shop it because, it's just this, it's, it's like a, a step in the right direction of how you take care of yourself. Well, I'm trying to think of, um, anything else that we haven't covered. Oh, I want to hear, we talked about this a little bit on your podcast, or I think it was after we stopped recording. You said that you could give people kind of tips and tricks on how to self-formulate. Ooh, I love that. Yes. So, you know, I think it's like kind of how some of this began, like on Pinterest, Like, I think back in the day, there would be like, here's your own avocado face mask. And like, I, I, I know it sounds a little old school, but I still totally stand by that a hundred percent. Like if, if people are sourcing avocado and flax and chia and pomegranate, what are some other good ones? Um, you know, some some of the oils. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Manuka honey and Himalayan salt in your body scrubs. And, um, oh, I love this so much. I mean, even dark chocolate and, um, more the cacao and then some of these other butters, like your, 
shea and um, cocoa butter. I mean, like, it's there. It's right there on the ingredient deck. Granted, you don't know the percentages of these products, so you're not able to, like, completely mimic the cocoa butter body moisturizer that you love. But, like, you can absolutely go to the store and grab everything I just said, like um, vitamin E, which would be your preservative, um, you know, maybe uh, a citric acid or something like that, like, like an, a citrus essential oil, and go get yourself some shea butter. I mean, a lot of these raw ingredients are probably going to live at a Whole Foods or a co-op or um, something like that. Um, I would shop for it in person versus like an Amazon or online. Um, and then you could always pour out some of your favorite, like cut into the cellulose of your favorite probiotic and some Greek yogurt. And, um, I already said vitamin E is the preservative, like a light preservative. Um, and, uh, you know, bring an antioxidant in. Like I think Whole Foods has all of those like, um, camu camu powder and like goji berry, throw that into it. Mix that shit up, put it on your face and see what happens. Does your skin get better? Does it get worse? Or does it stay the same? And it's like, have fun kind of making, you know, kind of making sense of it. If you have a preservative, which you can look all of that stuff up online, like what are natural plant-based preservatives? They're probably going to be sold somewhere at a store. It's probably going to be kind of an oil um, or something, something that you can get your hands on. Um, and, and I'd like an antioxidant, I'd like a little exfoliation. So maybe I'm going to add in a little brown sugar, or I'm going to add in like a pink Himalayan sea salt if I'm going to use it on the body. Um, and, and like I have acne, so I really want to use things that are going to be quite healing or a little softer. Uh, so your Greek yogurts, your avocado, um, um, your, I love the crush, like kind of throwing in the crushed probiotic powder in there. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I feel like there's other really heavy hitters. Like peaches is always good as an antioxidant and a brightening agent. I feel like eggs um, are good too, aren't they? For your skin? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> the egg white is going to, you can put it in your ninja and like froth it up. I mean, half of this stuff you could probably drink too. But um, I just well, think your about like. going to be eating it, so. Yeah. Yeah. And like chest it on your body if you don't want to use it on your face. Like what, how does it perform on your decolletage? How does it perform on your legs after shaving? Um, if you're using a lot of anti-inflammatories, um, but it's always fun to take to the internet and just be like, what are anti-inflammatory ingredients? And, and it, I think it goes without saying, like if something calls for like almond, like we don't want to use the almond butter with the other things in the ingredient deck. Like we want to actually crush down the almonds and then we're going to use the almonds. Um, Oats are also really good as a face mask. It's going to help you <clears throat> kind of congeal um, the face mask. If you put the oats in, it will allow um, the product to to kind of, you know, be, be as one. Um, you can find emulsifiers, things that are going to be a little stickier that allow you to blend the products together. Um, but you, this is all water-free too. So it can be really sustainable for you. And then... Um, yeah, I'd say the shelf life is probably going to be on the lighter side. So you probably want to use it within like one to two days, um, especially if you're using avocado. The product is going to start to change colors if you don't have appropriate uh, preservatives. But I, I can go on and on about this. I think you, if you take to the Internet and ask simple questions and you get simple truths, then you can go and, and have fun with creating skincare. Yeah, oh, I love that. It's fun, too. Okay, so I want to ask you what I ask every guest on my podcast 
what are your personal health non-negotiables? These are things that no matter how busy your day is, I know you have a kid, you have a dog, like you have all these responsibilities, you run your business, but these are things that you do in order to take care of your own health. And you're like non-negotiable. I do this every day or every week. Yes. Oh, I love this. I love this. Okay. So, um, it's so funny how this answer changes once you have a child. So, um, number one, I always have a glass of water with electrolytes in it every single morning. Um, water is something that's hard for me to access because of the speed at which I move. Um, so I, I, I bought a water bottle and so I have my water bottle that's like that I fill in the morning and I put anything that I want in there, my electrolytes or it's just water, maybe coconut water, like whatever it is. But I like put that all there. So it's like I'm starting off the day with hydration, which has to happen with someone, especially taller women. It's a, it's a bigger engine to move. Like I'm almost 5'11". So for me, it's like I got to hydrate more than someone who, and I definitely need to be more conscious of it than someone who's maybe 4'11". There's just a lot more of me in order to like stay, you know, not fatigued. Uh, so starting off the day with something hydrating um, and something that kind of sets me up for success. So like a protein shake and then I'll throw in my MCT oil. I'll, I'll you know, my, my, it, it has to be first. Okay. That's my point. Um, Taking my supplements, I used to be a little wary of supplements, but now there's really great companies doing amazing things um, in 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 systems that your body can actually break it down and you can you can actually metabolize what is in that that pill. Um, and so I take a probiotic, um, I take a fish oil, I take a vitamin D. Um, uh, it's actually a cod oil that also helps with eye health. If you're in a drier climate, it helps a lot with dry eye. Um, I take a vitamin D three. I take magnesium. Um, and I take, um, my electrolyte and then I'm missing something. And apparently that's my MO on this podcast is like, it's an almost, I'm almost there. I'm about to go (laughs) run and get it. Oh, and I take elderberry. That's what it is. Um, because I was like chronically sick since January, once my body started to not be sterile anymore. Um, so supplementation in the morning and hydration are non-negotiables. If I don't do it in the morning and I, and my day starts, I feel I just feel like I'm not going to be able to operate at the level that I need to. And whether that's placebo or it's real, it's just, it is what it is. And then the third thing I'll say is I'm, I don't eat things off my son's plate. I don't eat the things that I prepare for my son. And it's not because I don't prepare him good, healthy things, but it's because it's food that I otherwise never would have engaged with. And it's like, kind of like, you know, um, mindless, you know what I mean? It's like mindless eating to like eat the thing off the spoon before I put it in the, in the sink or, um, you know, to eat some of the snacks, like it's, I think it's good for Monty to have access to some of the foods that like in my adulthood, like maybe I wouldn't eat. And I'm not talking about McDonald's, but like, he's going to maybe eat ice cream at a sporting event on a day that I'm not going to eat ice cream. And I think that some of this is like the well-roundedness of childhood. Um, and so like, I don't need to get something that he's going to get, you know, I don't need to be, if it's like pizza night and he's going to have like a yummy pizza, I don't need to have the pizza. Um, and like always picking the good options for Monty that are going to set him up for success with his diet as he gets older. Um, and there's a lot of really healthy options for pizza out there, I might say. And like homemade ones, like on pita bread with like a, a like a homemade spaghetti sauce and whatever. Anyways, my point is like, especially as someone who put on 40 pounds after being pregnant, these are the things that I need to do in order to really kind of 
feel good in the skin that I'm in and not be mindless about the food that I'm eating, but really intentional about the stuff that I am putting in my body because we're not getting any younger, exactly. <laughs> apparently, allegedly. <laughs> no matter how hard we try. Okay. So yep. for everyone listening, where can they find you? And more importantly, where can they find Skin Owl? Yes. Okay. So you can go to good old Instagram um, at Skin Owl. We're also recently on TikTok um, at this is Skin Owl. Uh, if you love the, you know, listening to podcasts, which I'm sure you do if you're here right now, we are at Off the Record with you. Um, the podcast is called Off the Record. Um, and then everything kind of lives on skinowl.com. That's skin, like the skin that we've been talking about. And then owl, like the bird, um, dot com. You can catch the podcast there. We have, um, we have a store if you guys are ever in and around Boise, Idaho. Um, I recently transplanted here from LA um, and we have a brick and mortar and it is an incredible opportunity for you to come in and immerse yourself in Skin Owl IRL, which it's it's great online, but it is uh, it is so awesome in person. It's like a skincare cafe um, and we can really troubleshoot what's going on in your skin. And then the last thing I'll say is... Um, if you are having trouble with your skin and you just don't know where to start and all of this feels really overwhelming, I do virtual consults. Um, you can just go to skinowl.com and search in the little search bar consultation and it'll bring up like a consultation with the founder. Um, and it is, it is a point of pride. It is amazing what I have been able to do with these clients. Um, and it, it's, you know, I just want you to know that it's not a road you always have to go alone. And if you need that help, um, I and my team are certainly there to help. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for today. That was such a great conversation. Yes, I agree. I adore you. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to be here and talk about it with you and all of your people. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first.